I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio from me is my friend Vince Loverjean, who's come to join me. He's just a lover. You got it right. I know. Thank uh, you for uh-huh. letting me join you. I w- would like to be referred to as Tim Lover Gerald. Tim Lover I love that, actually. Yeah. That fits well. Michael Swain's on vacation because KU wasn't playing this weekend, so on we go without him. I miss him already. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net, only if Michael does the work tonight. We'll start things (laughs) off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Kansas State played at home for the first time in a month and took apart TCU 41-3. What did the Wildcats do right in this game, Fitz? Well, uh, I'll get to the quarterbacks in a little bit, but that quarterback rotation worked. I mean, they literally started Will Howard, but also put Avery Johnson on the field as a receiver, so his first career start was as a receiver, which will be an interesting note in three or four years. Uh, And then after that possession... Um, out came Avery Johnson to play quarterback, and they just kept going back and forth. Look, what they did really well is they defended at an incredibly high level, uh, holding TCU to three points. Even the backup defense got into it uh, late in the game with a goal line stand to keep them off the scoreboard or out of the end zone and just limited to the three points. And also offensively, the offensive line just completely dominated this game. And I thought the coaches put together a brilliant game plan. They really dug into TCU film work and found the things that work, like a little just kind of dump out pass to DJ Giddens that went the distance of the field because nobody was near him. K-State played its best game of the season. They were the most complete they've been all year. Part of it was the quarterbacks, but also the running backs were outstanding as they made play after play. Receivers seem to be finding some traction now with freshman Jace Brown seeing action his first career touchdown also. It was just a fun game unless you were with TCU and it was a nightmare because basically Kansas State did everything to TCU that they did last year at home to Oklahoma State, roughly in the same period of the schedule too. Uh, So having this team find this gear right now might be a really positive sign for the future of K-State this season because the Big 12 is kind of messy. It's hard to figure out. And we're trying to figure out if someone else besides OU and Texas can work their way into the Big 12 championship game. That might come down to K-State or Oklahoma State. We'll find out. But K-State was outstanding on Saturday. They return home to play Houston next Saturday before going to Texas. And we'll see what they do with the quarterbacks again because they say you can't run a two-quarterback system and make it work. And Chris Kleiman just proved everything, everyone wrong, Vince. Well, he even said they don't know if they're going to continue to do that. I mean, it's worked so far. Yep. And as you mentioned, I think that was their most complete game of the season by far. Yep, absolutely was. Well, Kansas was off this week with a 5-2 and two record. Can the Jayhawks, Vince, prevent another late-season feed like last year's? 
I think they can, Fitz. I think that the biggest thing with this KU team this year specifically is their defense is just vastly improved. Gage Keys being one of them, Austin Booker, both transfers from Minnesota. This defense has really shown out. Kobe Bryant we know is back. Kenny Logan Jr. is back as well. This is a defense that's just really been stout. I know this Oklahoma State game, they were up big, but I just think that what they're going to do, I mean, just if you look at the, some of the stats here, they had 10 sacks allowed, which is actually sixth in the conference. They have seven interceptions as a defense, which is fourth in the Big 12. And the one thing that really impresses me so far about this team, they're very quick off the edges. And another guy to mention, too, is Jeremy Robinson. As a team, they have 19 sacks, which is second in the Big 12. And I know that Oklahoma State game, I know Jason Bean had a couple crucial turnovers and some penalties there, but I also see that the offense is really moving. I know Jalen Daniels has been hurt the last couple of weeks. That back injury has been really bothering him. He's missed the last two weeks. They're on this bye week, and they're maybe talking about he might be able to play. Nothing from Coach Leipold yet. We'll be talking to him on Monday about to see what his availability might be. But I just think... This defense overall has really kind of carried them in these last couple of games. I know the Texas game, you look at that game, they were just within one score. Um, I think just, I know they've had some lulls as an offense. We know how dynamic that offense can be when Jalen Daniels is under center. Um, I just really like what KU is doing. I, they're 5-2 right now, so or 5-1, excuse me. Um, I, and Coach Leipold has just been very impressed. He was mentioning about Austin Booker's growth. You just see what he's been able to do off the edge. Gage, Gage Keys is, he just explodes right through the right through the offensive line. I just like what I'm seeing from them, Fitz. And I don't think there's going to be a late season fade. I know that they did that last year. I just don't think this team has it in them this year. Well, the improved defense has helped them. Last year, they have to had J Jalen Daniels help outscore the opponent because the point totals were crazy. And this year, the defense is so much better. Like, Jalen Daniels is out, and they're still capable of winning. They're capable of winning against Oklahoma without him. That's how much better that defense is. Absolutely. Well, Oklahoma did struggle against UCF, and Texas survived Houston. Those two newcomers have hardly made a dent in the conference. And this conference can be very confusing. But, Vince, <laughs> since you didn't grow up in these parts, I'm interested in your thoughts on the state of the Big 12 this season. I think it's been very fun. Um, I know, as you just mentioned, some teams are still trying to find you know, their footing in this conference. We know how great Texas is. We know how great Oklahoma is. We know Kansas State, again, is starting to find its groove. KU has been right in the thick of the things. I think this conference is going to be very aggressive. I know the coaches have been talking about as well how we didn't, they didn't know what the state of the Big 12 was going to be like just a couple of years ago when Texas and Oklahoma was going to leave. And Coach or Commissioner Brett Yormark has been absolutely fantastic at being aggressive and adding all these different teams. Now next year, you bring in a really good team in Utah who just beat USC. So I think the state of the Big 12 right now, I think is, is going to be a lot of fun, not only just for this year, going into next year. Yes, you do lose two big powerhouses in Oklahoma and Texas. Um, it's been fun covering this covering this conference because there's just so much there's so much going on. There's so many different great players. Um, I know there's a lot of star power um, in this conference, whether it's football or basketball or any sport, whether that is. I just think this conference is going to just excel more depending on what happens next year and also this year. Yeah. I just think fits overall I can't see this this conference going down anymore. Again, Bill Self and and 
Coach Kleiman and Coach Leipold have talked about how it's just fun in terms of the competitiveness that this conference has and you can win or lose at any time against any team. So that's what keeps it up. And also a lot of things they've talked about too is the recruiting aspect and how teams are really gonna have to fight for these recruits to keep the competition alive. And I think that's why the Big 12 these last maybe year, this year or so, has been so competitive because you've had star power players. You have guys coming back. So I think the Big 12 right now is in a good spot and I think it's only going to get better as time goes along. Yeah, look, Texas just lost Quinn Ewers for an unexpected amount of time. That might mean he doesn't play against Kansas State. They're one loot loss away from maybe not making that championship game. Oklahoma looked really beatable on Saturday. They just didn't seem very concentrated. It's it's going to be interesting down the stretch. We're not even the halfway mark of conference play, so there's a lot of football to play. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. And last week's question was the Big 12 media days are this week. Which Big 12 team will be the biggest challenge to Kansas? Well, here are some of those results. Everybody picked Houston. Yeah. I know that kind of shocked us, Fitz. It doesn't surprise me they picked Houston, but in that kind of percentage, being a majority out of four schools, that does surprise me. And we have Baylor at 10%. We have Kansas State at 12%. And Texas, of course, in second at 16%. Well, this week's question is, we're nearing the midpoint of Big 12 play in football, so who will end up in the Big 12 championship? We got Texas and Oklahoma is A, are they going to play each other? B, Texas but not OU, C, Oklahoma but not UT, and D, neither UT or OU. Pick that one at your own peril, and you can vote on your Twitter page at the Drive 13. And that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State here on the Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And this segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, K-State rotated quarterbacks, as you mentioned, Saturday night with both Will Howard and Avery Johnson playing. But is this something that maybe could be sustainable? I don't know. I, you know what? Uh, I don't know how it won't eventually cause some friction. You know, if one guy's clearly playing better than the other. Um, I, I think what happened on Saturday is they both played well, so they just stuck with the rotation. If you go back a week at Texas Tech, when they kind of started a less formal rotation, Avery was playing so well and Will was struggling, they stuck with Avery. Who knows, this week again, Houston, it might be mostly Will Howard. But Will Howard made a statement in this game that he's not done being K-State's quarterback. He, like everyone else, can see Avery Johnson, even though he's a true freshman, is a special, special talent. He can throw the ball, just dropping it in a bucket to Jace Brown on a huge pass conversion for a first down, a first and goal, uh, and he can run. But ironically, the more effective running quarterback in this game was Will Howard because they weren't worried about the run from Will, and he can do it. Uh, So the two really are really good quarterbacks. I I look around this conference. Someone gave me the excuse that TCU wasn't very good because they were playing with their backup quarterback. Well, I'm sorry to say, you better go get a better backup quarterback. That's part of uh, building a team and building a roster if that's your problem. I I think they're both really good players, but most of all, Vince, I think the key here is they're really good people. And they seem to be 
cooperating and working with each other in elite fashion. In fact, after the game, one of the best moments was they came in at staggered times, not on purpose. It just takes different guys, different amounts of time. And Avery came in first. He had the whole media huddle around him in front of the backdrop. And Will was kind of came in and was kind of killing time for a while. And finally grabbed a microphone and asked a great question. Uh, what's your favorite nickname, Avery? Is it Sunshine or Goldilocks or something else? And Avery Johnson put it on the record. He prefers Sunshine. And I prefer Sunshine too, Vince. But again, if everyone can call him Sunshine, I want to be Moonlight. And I think you see why. That is, like you said, you might want to have that as your Halloween costume this year. I support it. Just paint my head as the moon. I support it. I know. I I could, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Next up for Kansas is a home game against Oklahoma, and it is huge. Very big. This seems like a good time for quarterback Jalen Daniels to return to action. But, Vince, will we see Daniels again this season? I think they will. Um, I think him missing these first, these last two weeks, you get the bye week. The hope was to get him back for this big game. Uh, they have the noon kickoff that's coming up next Saturday as well. So it could be a lot of hype around the program. And, you know, there's, there's a conspiracy theories. Is he maybe going to transfer? Is he going to sit out and, you know, maybe even go to the draft? I don't, I don't buy all of that necessarily. He built this program. He's helped building this program what it is. And you know these guys rally around Jalen Daniels. Not only him, and I know, Fitz, you mentioned about Kansas State or uh, TCU not having a great backup quarterback. KU has a great one in yep. Jason Bean. He just showing his character of him coming back for this season. You know, he had that that uh, fourth down in the Liberty Bowl and ultimately KU lost that game. But he could have went somewhere else and maybe led that program. And But he wanted to stay. And, and we talked to him before the season and he just said how the trust that Coach Leipold and Andy Koltnicki had in him to be able to lead in case of Jalen Daniels were to go down like he did last year with a shoulder injury. Um, I think Jason Bean has the respect of his team, has the respect of many other teams because he's another guy that can is pretty quick. And he was a wide receiver before he was returned in, into a quarterback. And he's actually got a pretty big arm, if, if you haven't noticed, with Jason Bean. But in terms of Jalen, one other thing, too, is Coach Leifold was asked a couple of weeks ago, has there been any talks of shutting him down for any period of time? And Coach Leifold basically said, no, firmly. So when I heard that, I don't think there's there's any talk or any way that Jalen Daniels does not come back for this season. I don't see it. And you saw the performance in the Liberty Bowl, what he was able to do. You know this offense cooks when Jalen Daniels is in there, regardless of what he's able to do with his legs or arm. I think we're going to see Jalen Daniels at some point, Fitz. And it could be against Oklahoma. We'll see. Uh, but no, they will definitely see him later this season. Again, could be next week. Well, we're going to do our picks in a little bit, but I'm just going to say if they play against Oklahoma with Jason Bean, I still think they're competitive. That KU run game and that defense, as we mentioned, are legit. If Jalen Daniels plays and is healthy against Oklahoma, KU's winning. I'm just going to say it. KU's going to win. I think Oklahoma has not been tested except for one game this season, and they think they can cruise through the rest of the season. They can't. And now we step out of bounds, and out of bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. Well, um, we uh, we held it. Uh, the Big Twelve held its basketball tip-off meteor gathering last week in Kansas City. And what stood out to you, uh, Vince? You were there. I was I was at the press conferences in Manhattan, and then kind of doing some work. But 
You saw both KU and K-State session. What stood out to you? I think both um, Coach Tang, when I asked him what can the uh, fans expect this year out of the Wildcats, the toughest, grittiest, most well-connected team in this conference. And he was pretty stern about that. And I think they will. Uh, they have some great transfers in Arthur Kaluma and Tyler Perry. You bring back David Yassan. Uh, they have some good pieces. Cam Carter, who uh, Jerome Tang was actually very excited about coming into his second year as a Wildcat. Um, I think this team's going to have maybe even a little bit more depth than what they had mm-hmm. last year. Uh, the freshmen have been standing out. Tyler Perry was talking about how um, just people could jump out the gym. Uh, RJ has not missed a shot in about three weeks. Um, I just think this K-State team could definitely make some noise um, in, in this conference. In terms of uh, KU, the preseason number one coming in it, right? Hunter Dickinson, the, the top prize in the transfer portal this year. Now he's going over, obviously, into Lawrence. They bring back Kevin McCullough, which was huge fits. Uh, they bring back Dewan Harris. They also have K.J. Adams back. Uh, Coach Self said that now it's time to go for people's throats in terms of recruiting and getting back to that top tier of, of getting those top five, top ten players when they may not have been able to a couple of years ago with that NCAA investigation with some of those infractions. And the players are, have said it simply, it's national championship or bust. Yeah. So Interesting. They, and that's right. I mean, they, they finally have the shadow out. Um, it's impacted their recruiting. Uh, Bill Self is a masterful coach, but he also showed how good he is at ma- uh, mastering a, running a program. And he really did an excellent job keeping things together. Uh, this conference is going to be a blast. Adding Houston, as the poll shows, uh, is a huge challenge for everyone. Uh, I'm excited for basketball season because I think K-State could be pretty good, but also because I'm going to cover that, that season opener. Vince, do you know where the season opener is for K-State? Oh, it's in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. And you get to see Bronny James, possibly, and Isaiah Collier. I mean, they got a pretty good team coming up this year. Yeah, it could be really entertaining, particularly with me in, in Las Vegas. I'm oh man! About that. I don't know. If, do, I don't know if you guys at home would trust Mr. Fitz out in Vegas. But nope, don't. No. But now let's hear from <laughs> our fans, and this is a great fan question. It's sponsored by Medlark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Uh, this is this is maybe the best question we've ever had. This week's question is Vince. What is your favorite thing about covering sports in this area of the country? That is from a. I'm sure it's a good citizen named Timothy in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, I think he even lives on my street. I wonder who that might be. Mm. Well, Fitz, to answer your question, uh, there's just so many opportunities here. When I first moved here, it was KUK State Chiefs. I mean, there's just so many things to cover, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. Um, I think the most exciting thing is football because there's just so much around KU now, right, building themselves up. K-State's becoming that that standard, right, of what Coach Kleiman was able to build at North Dakota State, and he's obviously carried that into Manhattan. Just the, I, I would say the opportunities have just been absolutely wonderful, being able to go to so many different events, meet the coaches and players. Um, it's just been fun being able to do so many different things. I just realized something. You came to town and KU football got good. I wonder if that's a coincidence. I don't think it is. No? I th- I'm going to give you credit. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, Liberty Bowl, WNIT championship for, for the women, the NFL draft. I mean, the list goes on. So it's, yep. been, it's been, been very fun. Now, a reminder to ask your questions on our Facebook page and our Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive. 
fueled by BriggsAuto.com. And it is time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now let's look at our predictions. And predictions are brought to you by Kites, meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. It's clearly a mistake. I could not have possibly gone one and two. Look at those standings, Vince. Look how competitive we are on the drive. It's closing up. The viewers are finding their, their feet now. Let's get started with this week's picks. We start with Oklahoma at Kansas. OU's a 10.5-point favorite. So, Vince, do you think OU wins by 11 or more in Lawrence? I don't think it'll be – I think it'll be under 11, but I think OU will win that game. Okay. Well, I'm picking KU maybe to win outright. Uh, so, you actually have KU on the spread, too. That got confusing. Next is Houston at K-State. K-State is minus 16 and a half. Do they beat the Houston Cougars by 17 or more, the same team that just took Texas to the wire? I say yes because I'm a homer. I say yes, too. Okay, thank you, homer. And <laughs> our game of the week is the toughest one to pick, Iowa State at Baylor. Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. What, who do you got? I think Iowa State has it. You got it. You do Iowa State. I would do Baylor. Then I'm just going to take the Bears. Ah, that was ferocious. Didn't mean to scare you guys. Again, make your picks <laughs> on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And now it's time for our on the clock segment. On the clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. And we start with the lover self himself, Vince. That that's his name, Vince. That's me. Yeah. Okay. Well, Fitz, yes. do you think you're going to have uh, Coach Prime's uh, glasses the next no. time you're on here? No. 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 I'm not a sunglasses guy. I mean, they will look good on you, though. I know. I know. Did you Did you try them on? I did not, but I know I look good in them anyway, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I got to say this. Uh, do you, you know, Jerome Tang went out there to meet, Co- meet Coach Prime and talk about marketing, and boy, it paid off. I mean, he's wearing that sweet cat's jacket, and he's got the sunglasses. That was a talk. Yeah, learning how to market your program is important. He's learning from Coach Prime. Um, and I tell you what, he talked about taking K-State not just nationally but internationally. So we will have a Spanish-language version of The Drive. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. See? We will see you next week. I said it twice. Right here and all week on social media. See you.